This is episode number 140 of the Rising Man podcast with Jetty Azuma. We must answer the prayers of tomorrow's generations with our actions today. Greetings, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Rising Man family. Thank you for tuning in and joining me here today. I am your host and the creator of this show, Jetty Azuma. I'm also the founder of the Rising Man Movement and representing this movement and this message today. I've got a real personal drop in today. It's been a while since I've jumped on for one of these long form episodes to really unload and reveal my heart. So I'm excited and also a little bit nervous to bring that to you here today because to be honest, I don't know exactly what's going to pour out but I am committed to bringing my full heart forward. And as always, before I jump into the episode for you guys today, I wanna make sure that I keep inviting you back. Keep inviting you back, keep inviting you deeper into the rising man culture to join us closer to the fire because as you'll hear me speak about in this episode today, it's about a lot more than signing up for a program or enrolling in a course. This is committing yourself to the work that was not made available to you by way of your parents, by way of your aunties and uncles, by way of your teachers, coaches, educators, in the same way that it hasn't been available for me. And it's not available for so many men across the world. This is the state of our culture. The state of our culture is that we do not prepare our young people for adulthood as much as we need to. We don't prepare ourselves for handling adversity, stepping forward into big responsibility in our lives. And unless we practice those skills, unless we refine those abilities within ourselves over years of conditioning and training, then we're not ready for when the rubber really meets the road. So again, it's an invitation because there's many ways by which we can come about the skills and the tools and the, that we need. But to me, being a part of a community like this one is a really powerful way to do so. So go to risingman.org, see what we've got available for you. We've got our virtual communities thriving. We've got our four day wilderness initiations moving forward and so much more that's gonna be coming in this next six to 12 months because I really recognize that there's an urgency for this community, for the global community, to have the leaders that we need, to have initiated men leading the charge into this uncertain future. So stop what you're doing right now, go to risingman.org, see what opportunity calls you, what opportunity puts you on your edge the most, and take a leap. There's really not much to lose. So I implore you to go for it and join us closer to the fire. We're waiting for you. All right. Well, uh, no need to introduce myself for those of you guys who know me, but I will give you a brief rundown of what I intend to talk about in this episode. It's time to talk about what's coming and what's needed of us as we prepare for an uncertain future. I decided that it's time for me to share my thoughts on the shifting climates, environmental climates, socio-political climate, spiritual and earthly relations, things that we are speaking about on a grand scale, but I think we're really missing the big picture and the point. Time has come for us to finally think more about the future than we do about our present circumstances. And I really believe that, you know, I know there's a lot to be said for living in the moment, but we don't have the luxury of just living in the moment right now. I wanna talk about why all this work, and I say work in quotes, 
why it all means nothing if we're not living it in our lives. And some really personal reflections for me on that lately. Ultimately, what it means to walk the beauty way, as we say on the red road in our ancient practices of spirituality and honoring the elements and ancestors and all life and how I believe we can all make the greatest impact for the next generations. So without further ado, my friends, my family, my relatives, I present myself, my heart. Let's go. So I'm starting off with a deep breath, gathering my senses, connecting to my intention and my purpose for dropping in with you guys today. It's been a while since I've dropped in like this. And even as I sit here staring at my computer screen, imagining each and every one of you who are listening to this transmission, I'm feeling my heart open. I've been doing this podcast for over two and a half years now, and it started as an idea, it evolved into a mission and has transformed recently into a movement, a movement, a cultural movement, calling men into the fire, calling us to step forward into a higher standard, to create that for ourselves. I've seen myself elevate to a position of influence. And I say that with great reservation because my whole life I've aimed to be a humble man and to avoid being in the spotlight, despite being a Leo and all the things that people say about having the Zodiac Leo. I genuinely wish the best for humanity and for this planet. And for a long time, I resisted stepping forward into a position of influence because I was worried that that would pollute me, that I wouldn't know how to handle it, that I would let the notoriety and the acknowledgements overwhelm me and to be honest, there's definitely been moments where I've had to check my ego. I walk around and I go to these events that I'm invited to speak at and have conversations with men and do guest spots in different groups and for different organizations. And some of you guys are coming up to me now saying, oh my God, you're Jetty, the rising man. And it's uncomfortable. <laughs> it's uncomfortable for me because I just see myself as another piece of this puzzle, another component of this huge organism, this great mystery. And there's a part of that public presence that still makes me uncomfortable. But I recognize that there's a reason for it. There's a reason that I'm here. There's a reason that there are men and women out there who trust me who listened to what I have to say and who are inspired by how I live my life. And so two and a half years since we've launched the podcast and two and a half years into the lifespan of Rising Man. And honestly, I find myself at a personal crossroads. There's been a lot of transformation for me over the past year where I've been challenged to step forward into greater levels of integrity. And I say greater levels of integrity because I don't think that integrity is a fixed property. I think that my ability to be more of who I say I am continues to grow and it's what compels me to keep raising the bar in my life. And I think that's something I've witnessed in the greatest men I've been surrounded by in my life, that they never settle, they never rest on their laurels. They don't 
become hypnotized by that call of mediocrity. They don't desire or intend to be ordinary, and I certainly don't either. And in saying that, I'm sure we can all relate to that feeling of not quite being ever good enough and resolving that with, I'm doing my best right now and tomorrow I'll do better. But right now, the message that's most on my heart, that's most present is there's a big problem. There's a big problem right now in our society, on this planet. In fact, there's many branches of this same problem tree and I don't really plan to talk about any one of them in particular. There's problems with the environment. There's problems with the socio-political climate. There's problems with our technology and way of communicating and relating to one another. There's problems with the way we relate to the earth and to the elements, to our own spirituality. But for me, the base problem, the common denominator of all of these things is that there's not enough urgency behind our actions. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your belief systems are. If you're alive and you're on this planet, then to some degree, I imagine that you value life, even if it's just valuing your own. If you're listening here and you've been tuning in, I'm sure that you value more than just your own life, but the future of humanity, starting with your most intimate circles and branching further and further outward. And it's really clear that there's a lot of people on this planet with a lot of different beliefs about what is important, how, not even what is important, but more how do we achieve that? Because I think the common denominator for all of these problems, all these dialogues that are happening in different arenas is that we all value the continuation of life. And that in order for life to continue, and this is the uncomfortable elephant in the room, there will be death. There must be death for life to continue. It's the simplest law of the universe. It's the balance of all things. And especially in our Western society, in the United States, we become so uncomfortable and unfamiliar with death. It's like having a distant relative that you never speak to because they make you feel uneasy. But the reality is that there's a lot of medicine in death and our fear of death, our fear of the unknown of what death holds, maybe the, the finality of death, the completeness of death, it drives us to be selfish, to look after ourselves. Now, I don't really care if this message triggers people out there. In fact, <laughs> I recognize that a big part of my journey and my growing into who I came here to be is saying things that are going to shake people and rattle people. It's come to that. It's come to that point where we need to be more uncomfortable with what we hear. We need to challenge ourselves and each other to be in these uncomfortable conversations. And it's been a lot of my personal internal work lately is where have I not been willing to look at myself? Where have I been conveniently directing my attention to the things that I want to see and away from the things that I don't want to see? Reality is, is that I have been a less attentive lover and partner in my marriage. 
reality is, is that I have been less attentive to my family and my home than I'd like to be. Reality is, is that I have succumbed to my base desires and my vices and my resistances because things got challenging for me over the past six months. Now, I shared these with people close to me, and I've been working on them. That's the only reason I feel in integrity with what I've been sharing with all of you guys out there. But it's time for us all to be a bit more real about that. I want to talk about distractions, because in the work that I do, I think that I like simplicity. I like simplifying things. And I think that for all of us as men, dealing with distractions and learning how to catch ourselves in relationship with things that are distractions and not fooling ourselves into believing the story of them being something else other than that is is essential. It's essential in being able to shift our mindset into greatness, into excellence, and out of mediocrity and survival. Everything that is being talked about right now, those small micro problems that are representative of a bigger social issue that we're facing, I'm talking about social unrest. I'm talking about the civil war that's going on in our country between civilians and police. I'm talking about the greater and greater audacity with which we're speaking to each other from different corners of the room. People who are advocating for equal rights amongst all humans in this country and other people who want things to stay the same, who want to support a culture of separation and hierarchy. And the Probably the uncomfortable thing, yeah, the uncomfortable thing for me to say about this is that I think all of us in that conversation are missing the point. All of us are. There's a much bigger battle that's going on behind the scenes. And all of these issues, although I think they're very important, and I do advocate for and support resolution of race relations, of relations with police forces, et cetera, et cetera. But we're all ignoring the fact that none of that stuff means anything if we're not taking immediate and urgent action to provide a sustainable future for our children. Now, I'm not claiming to be an expert in climate change. I'm not claiming to be a leading scientist or have done all of my research to validate what I'm about to talk about. But it's very obvious to me that our children will at the very least inherit a different experience on this planet than I have, than we have, our generation. And I'm 33 years old, so you can plug yourself into that puzzle, that formula wherever you see fit but that's the thing that we're really not facing off with and I start with myself because as you guys who've been listening know I recently moved onto 10 acres of beautiful land in the redwood forest in Santa Cruz and in that time something shifted in me 
In fact, I'm recording this episode from my mother-in-law's office space here back in Southern California where we moved from recently. And driving here last night, I didn't even recognize this place. And we only left here three months ago. It's incredible how quickly my DNA has shifted simply by relocating to a new place and being in relationship with the land in a way that I never have before. Now, I've experienced that deep connected relationship with the land for overnights with my men for weeks at a time when we go out to support the fasters for Vision Quest, for weeks at a time when I go out for ceremony, for sun dances, for piercing ceremonies, uh, weekends sitting in meetings with plant medicines and, and in prayer with my community. But waking up and going to bed and waking up and going to bed sequentially in a space that really calls myself and my family to be in deeper relationship with the earth has been transformative. And I know that I'm very blessed and, and fortunate to have that experience. But what I'm telling you and what I'm saying and sharing with you guys is that we all get to wake up more. That's the thing is we got to be able to think beyond ourselves and our existence and I'll be the first one to step up and admit that I have made many selfish decisions in my life, even in recent history, because it's a natural thing. It's a very natural and normal thing to be self-referenced, to care about my own survival, to prioritize my survival and my comforts above those of other people and other life forms, other beings, to care more about myself than I do about the planet. And it's one thing to say that you care about the planet, but it's a whole nother thing to actually care more about the earth and about your great-great-grandchildren than you do about yourself. I say the words a lot, but I'm still learning how to really embody that. That's why I recognize that this episode had to be an opportunity to call myself out and to call all of us forward to face off with these distractions, with these detours and digressions from the baseline purpose and reason for being here. To tackle them, to talk about the elephant in the room once and for all, and put my flag in the ground and say, hey, I'm ready to step it up even more than I have. And I hope that I'm not alone in that. I think that a lot of you who've been listening would will relate to this, will resonate with it. I'm sure that some of you might be tuning it out. That's fine too. But it's finally time for us to think more about our future, more about the future than we do about our present circumstances. And just look around you right now. Just look around. There's so much evidence that things are changing. You can't ignore it anymore. And I know I've been there before. I've, I've been in the place of stewing in the problem so much that I can't see a way out, that I can't see a way to influence or help the problem. So for those of you who are in that place, who hear what I'm sharing and experience some level of despair or depression or loneliness, I get it. I get it. But even that is a distraction. We don't get to feel sorry for ourselves anymore. We don't get to feel bad about the way that we've lived our lives up to this moment. We get to grieve. Grief is essential 
in moving from problem to solution. But a prolonged grieving process without any movement towards action and resolution, in my opinion, is a waste of time. We get to grieve. We get to create spaces to grieve, to open our hearts, to share how we feel, to access that in the multitude of ways that are available to us now. Working with the breath, working with plants, working with vulnerability and intimacy with brothers, with partners, with parents. We get to lean deeper into that because, in my opinion, this is the only way that we're going to make it happen. <laughs> and this is a bit of a heavy episode. I was just reading some article in the New York Times this morning that was very articulately and with a lot of research and evidential support painting the picture of what our future looks like on this planet. And it was really easy to start thinking about my family and about myself. And this is a dilemma that I'm sure many of you can relate to where I want to see us win. I want to see us triumph and rise above the challenges. I want to experience victory on the other side of all of this doubt and uncertainty. I want to see a day where we have addressed environmental problems. When the future of drought and fires and food shortages and resource depletion becomes a reality, I want to see the best of humanity shine through. And with what I'm seeing right now, I can honestly say I have encouragement, but I question, I question our ability to do it. That's my truth. My truth is that when the time comes, if each and every one of us will be willing to make sacrifices so that the people may live, so that the people may live. Something that I've heard a lot of indigenous peoples and people who walk the red road, and medicine people. It's a phrase in that community that I've been fascinated by for a couple of years that really just landed for me recently. I was supporting a ceremony up in Northern California. And one of the things that was shared when the chief expressed himself and expressed his heart was that we do these ceremonies, we make these personal sacrifices, sacrifices of food, sacrifices of water, sacrifices of flesh, so that the people may live. So that the people may live. I didn't really understand it. I heard it many times, but I didn't really understand what that meant couldn't see the big picture of how these ceremonies were allowing the people to live. But what dawned on me, what finally landed was that these ceremonies create a cultural foundation to pass along from one generation to the next with simple precepts and education around respect for all life honoring of all things, humility, humbleness that transcends oneself, generosity of character, of resources, willingness to sacrifice oneself in order to tend to the greater good, 
to take care of the people. (laughs) And it finally landed for me when I recognized that in order to sacrifice on that scale, it requires more discomfort than I've ever experienced in my life. And up until this point, I've only been willing to go so far. I've only been willing to give so much of myself to the cause, to other people, to my family, before I start to think about me. Now that's a really, really honest share. If I'm being really, really honest, I still choose myself over my family sometimes. And when I first admitted that, it hurt. I didn't want to look at that. Didn't want to own that I haven't found it in myself to sacrifice enough, sacrifice everything, give all for my family. I still have those moments. But I've also learned that part of this beauty way, part of this sacrifice so that the people may live is compassion, gentleness. I wonder how many of you guys out there are experiencing a similar challenge on your journey. Being able to access that compassion for yourself, for your fellow man, for your fellow sister, for your partner, for your parents, for your employer, for your coworkers, for your next door neighbors, man, for the person sitting next to you on the train. How much compassion have we been able to access for ourselves and for other people? You know, I think we all get to be more honest about how we're showing up right now. And that's really what I'm looking at within myself right now. So much happens behind the scenes of Rising Man (laughs) within me. And I can't help but let my process permeate into what we share here on the podcast and in our fire circles, on the Inferno squads, when we go out to fast in the wilderness. But there's so much more. There's so much more going on. And I'm committing right now to bring more of that to the surface, to face off with more of that, to share more of that with you guys. Because you you deserve that from me. You deserve truth from me. If I'm going to ask other people, ask you to access your deepest truth and to share it, to express it, to own it, then I've got to bring my truth here. I think my greatest fear all along has been that that's going to make a lot of people unhappy. It's going to ruffle feathers. It's going to rock the boat. But so what? I'm not here to make you or anyone else agree with me. I'm not here to make people happy. I'm here to make sure that we've got a sustainable future for our children. And in order to really make that a reality... It's got to get more uncomfortable in here. So starting with myself, because I won't ask anybody to do something that I haven't done myself. I'm going to bring more of my truth to this space. And if you don't like it, if you don't resonate with it, my first request is to lean back in with curiosity. See if you can really hear what I'm saying and what my guests are saying and the other men in this community are saying when you hear something that triggers you. See if you can lean in a little bit deeper before you turn away and decide that this ain't for you. Before you shut down and and withdraw, lean in 
and ask a few more questions. It's my only request. And I offer the same generosity to anyone who tries to clap back or disagrees with anything that I've got to put out here. I promise, I promise that, I commit to that. And at the very least, if after curiosity and inquiry, we decide that we don't agree, then to at least be able to hold respect for each other's truths. This idea of truth and trying to force one person's truth, my truth onto someone else so that I can feel more secure, so that I can feel more comfortable, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work for the future of humanity. It's only gonna further divide us and lead to conflict on many different scales. It's not to say that disagreement and conflict isn't a part of this transformation and change that I see, but how we be in conflict is what we all get to decide. And I choose to be in respectful dialogue about our differences and to acknowledge and own when someone else's truth triggers me. And then when I become aware of that and take ownership of it, to lean back in with curiosity, to find out if there's something that I misunderstood, something more for me to learn, to reflect on, to be flexible in my beliefs enough to hear someone else out in their truth and then make a decision about what works for me. It's the balance of sovereignty and respect because in protecting my own truth, I've shut out a lot of the world. And the reality is, is that you can shut people out as much as you want, but we're all gonna live on this same planet in this same home, despite our differences, despite our disagreements. And there's nowhere left to run. Our resources are slowly dwindling. Our escape routes are slowly closing. And unless we can choose to be in respectful dialogue and solution-oriented conversation, we will destroy ourselves and this planet and any hope for a future. That's the reality. I don't think that that's a predetermined outcome. I don't think that that is necessarily our destiny or what is guaranteed to happen. But all of these civil wars that are erupting in my backyard, across the world, in political arenas, in social media, all over the place, man. We're wasting our time by battling with each other instead of recognizing that we can all have our truths if we can hold them in respect and create space for everybody here. I say that not knowing exactly how that's done. And I'm sure a lot of you will have your disagreements and say that I'm overly optimistic, idealistic, utopian, fill in the blank, say what you want, say what you will. But I know that it's possible. I've stood in arenas with people who had very different beliefs than mine. And underneath all of it was fear that was blocking the doorway to love and acceptance. It's what we all want, every single one of us. 
Even the most twisted, detoured, lost, misplaced soul on this planet is just longing for love and connection. And that's the frustrating part of it all is it's right there. It's available to each and every one of us every single moment. Love and connection. I've been so frustrated to see myself choosing not to be in connection with my partner, with my children, with my community, because it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable for me to experience and receive and tap into that love. Really strange experience when I'm sitting there on the couch with my wife, who's expressing and asking for affection and not being willing to meet her there. Talk about a big mirror. That was a really challenging thing to face off with. But again, curiosity. Why don't I want to lean in? This person who's sitting across from me, who's so willing to love me. Why am I not willing to reciprocate that right now? It feels like I'm scared of something. What am I scared of? Oh, I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? I'm afraid that if I open myself up and reveal that part of myself that maybe it won't be received. Maybe it won't be accepted. Maybe it won't be returned. And what if that happens? Well, then all of my biggest fears come true. I'm alone all over again. All by myself. Not lovable. Not worthy. Not good enough. And if that happens, then... So much of my life becomes a lie, not worth it. When I really trace that all the way down, it just comes back to a deep desire for love and connection. But being afraid that I can't actually get there myself, that I won't have that be reciprocated by the people that I love and trust. It's interesting what curiosity can lead to. And so I invite all of you to be more curious. Be more curious about what's coming up for you. It's not just your opportunity, it's your job. It's your responsibility. Your role on this planet is to get to know yourself better so that you can figure out how you plug in to this solution that we're working towards. It's the root of the whole rising man message. Talking about initiating men, giving them an opportunity to get to know themselves better. Because you won't get to know yourself better than when you spend four days alone in the wilderness with no food and no distractions. And then once you know yourself, once you identify what your gift is to be able to live and bring that gift onto this planet in a tangible way, to lead powerfully, from a place of purpose, from a place of clarity. That's what we all get to do. And that doesn't stop when you come back from your fast. It doesn't stop when your kids are born. In fact, it just begins. I feel like every day I wake up is beginning all over again. (laughs) That process of incorporating my gifts into my life. And the same is true for you. None of us are excluded or that. None of us are excused from responsibility of becoming who we were meant to be on this planet. So my challenge to you is to do more than just listen to me talk. 
Do more than just listening to other people talk about what it means to be a man, what it means to step up and be the greatest, highest expression of yourself. It means surround yourself with a team of men. If you don't know how to do that, then come find us and we'll show you how. If you think you already do, then go for it. Create support systems around you. Create a space where you can be more honest than you've ever been before. Because if there's one thing that I know to be true, when we create safe spaces where men can be honest with each other, the only outcome is growth and transformation and healing. And that's every man's responsibility. Every one of us. So I hope you really take this message to heart. I hope that it stirs something in you. I hope that it inspires you. I hope that it triggers you. I hope it gives you exactly what you needed in this moment. And last but not least, I'll just say that I'm open. I'm ready. I'm ready to receive whatever it is that you've got that I can help with. If it's reaching out a hand, asking for support, I got you. If it's expressing yourself and your truth to push up against mine, I got you. If it's anything else that I can be of service to, I got you. But you got to ask for it. I'm not going to come out there and hunt you down. So let this one sink in. Let it land. Maybe listen to it again. See what really speaks to you. And then reach out. Follow up. Bring it to your fire circle. Sign up for Inferno. Ask me for a conversation. Reach out to any number of the men in this community who will be happy to hold space for you. Do more. Do more. Because we need you to. And I'm right there with you. As always, you know, subscribe to us. Follow us. Support this message if you believe in it. Check us out on Instagram at Rising Man Movement. Go to the website, risingman.org, and find a way to plug yourself in because we need you. Thank you to my power team, you guys, for helping me carry this banner and for trusting me, for standing by my side as myself and everything that Rising Man represents continues to grow. Julian, Ryan, Mark, Sean, Rowan, Phil, Sean, all of the other guys who've been stepping up to support and offer their hand in, in service, thank you. Thank you because I definitely can't do it on my own. And all of you guys listening out there, it's not enough words. So I'll just leave you with these. Rise up and claim your destiny. Destiny.